going on bakers hope you had a fantastic weekend monday october 24th the world series is set uh might be more full previewy on that on the upcoming episode wednesday uh but we got to dive into this weekend's games and then we'll hit the football in a little bit but uh there's gonna be some good baseball and it's it's probably gonna be unfortunately yankees padres centric because those are the two teams that just got eliminated. Before I get into that, why don't you get into a Ridge Wallet? Ridge Wallet, got one right here. Bing bong, could drop it. It's uh, strong. We got a bunch of cards in here, cash. And we've got a little peel-on tattoo in here. So if you keep that in your wallet. In, in case of an emergency. Ridge Wallet can handle that. Um, you're probably familiar with them. If you're not, holds up to 12 cards. Carbon fiber and burnt titanium. Sounds like strong stuff, right? Feels like strong stuff. They've got over 50K five-star reviews. They've got a lifetime warranty, and they'll let you test drive it for 45 days. So if you want to give this a shot, you're looking for a new wallet option, these may be the guys for you. Check out the link in the description. Use code JOHNBOY for 10% off lifetime warranty. So if you like it, like you just figured out your wallet for life, problem solved. Run it back. Never again. I'm I'm a front pocket guy. Mm. And uh these are these fit in there. If That's you're a front, front pocket, pocket guy, wallet. this is obvious. And if you're a back pocket guy, it's also obvious. Thank you, Ridge Code John Boy. Um Ridge.com slash John Boy. Um so let's talk about lifetime stuff, because that's kind of being a Yankees fan. I'll be a Yankees fan forever. Uh, the organization would have to like sneaky be like killing people or something. I I don't really know. I haven't I haven't looked into that. Um, and we don't even have to harp on that. We'll harp on the Yankees losing to the Astros again. And they got swept. Um, and a lot of the stuff throughout the year, talking Yanks, talking baseball, that we thought could be problems ended up being problems. I, I think the lineup ended up thinner than a lot of Yankee fans would have anticipated. DJ LeMahieu and Andrew Benintendi being out and hurt are two significant injuries. Um, you know, each team has their injuries. The, the Astros lost Brantley, right? Remember how I made a big deal out of that. Uh, that's one guy to two guys, and, and I don't know. The Astros are just better all around. You know, at some of the little things the Yankees do, I don't think they understand the damages that it actually implements to the teams between arguing between the shortstop and not having your leadoff hitter, which... You know, a, a popular conversation in Yankees land was who would be a better leadoff guy, DJ or Benny? Uh, so, you know, th those two injuries being a, a player of a similar ilk stung, you got swept. Uh, the games had moments of closeness at the same time they didn't. The Yankees were up yesterday. I know it's a 3-0 game and hope is already shattered, but there was really no hope. Um, 
The Astros dominated. It's it's just seems like it's a bunch of guys who have been there and done that before. Times Pena, who ends up winning the the ALCS MVP. They're going on to the World Series to face the Phillies. And for the Yankees, you know, every Yankee fan, you start doing the questions. And I was wondering if I was going to do a a tweet last night or a video last night, and I I just did a let's sleep on it and and get there. But my my thoughts are the same. Aaron Judge is a free agent. Um, honestly, maybe it's dumb, and maybe I'm going to have an eye-opening moment where I'm like, well, you are no longer the New York Yankees if you don't re-sign Aaron Judge. Um, he's a star. Uh, even from where the contract negotiations were, like the number's going to go up, but it's not going to be crazy far from where you got. And And if you've seen any of the tweets going around in the past couple days, like, you know, I saw the Donaldson plus uh, IKF is is really similar to Harper's AAV or something like that. Uh, I've seen, you know, Chapman and Donaldson and Hicks. I, I think that gets you to Harper and Machado or something like that. So uh, the Yankees have spent money over these past years. We've defended them on spending money. They've been around one of the top teams, but they are not getting the postseason results. They, I saw a graph today that was, you know, Money paid in World Series attended. You know, the only, I think the top five teams that are paying money but haven't been to World Series since 2010, which is now 12 years, were the Yankees and the Angels. You know, and I, I think when the, when the Yankees look at themselves, they see themselves as Astros and Dodgers. They don't see themselves as Angels, and they might be closer to that than what they think. Super interested to see the next moves. Obviously, they're the team I like. Uh, but I think everyone around baseball also is because Brian Cashman, the GM, you know, title's not GM anymore, but he's the GM, uh, who's been running the Yankees for 25 years, something like that, closer to 30 than 20 at this point. His contract is up. Um, so what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, the Yankees, when Joe Girardi... Uh, was finished with the team. His contract was up. They technically didn't want to fire him. Um, they wanted to go their separate ways. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner uh, more or less seems disconnected from the team. I, I saw him twice this year. It was when they retired Jeter and when they retired O'Neal. Those are the two days I think I saw Hal at the games. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know where he's at with the media and the coverage of it. Uh, I think the Yankees as a business are doing well, and I do think that's what Hal cares about. Um, and he trusts Brian Cashman, and he's almost like he's the friends and family at this point. If, if Brian Cashman wants to come back, he will. For me, I think Brian Cashman does want to be involved. I, I guess what I would question is he gets older. I know he has a, a son that's on the AAU circuit and stuff like that. If you're Brian Cashman, wouldn't you... Want to try out more of a godfather role and, you know, maybe work a little less hours and be involved in decision making, but, you know, kind of pass the torch a little bit. You made a lot of money and I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe Brian Cashman is at home. They're signing a new contract right now and he's he's got the itch to need to win again and he's going to try to keep scratching that and be at the helm. I don't know. Uh, we know that inside the Yankees, they have a decision-making group that's Cashman and their scouts and Boone, and they all kind of come to group decision-making. And I think that's become an Achilles heel for the team because instead of having kind of a short, concise 
game plan, they've got a mix of everything. You know, IKF is the analytic defensive god shortstop that they've thought they've wanted for years. Yet the way they measure almost every other player, they measure their their results differently between OPS and and how they look defensively and how it feels. Um, IKF did not end up being this team's Achilles heel. And I think uh, myself, Jimmy, BBD, Joes, I, I think in a way not relieved by that. Um, you know, I, I think not playing the kid as you see Jeremy Pena uh, go on to win ALCS MVP and playing him, you know, that's part of it. But also, I mean, the Donaldson side of that trade is is so bad. He's on the books for next year with an $8 million buyout the year after that. Um, when you talk about the other options and not being interested in Manny Machado or Bryce Harper, those are glaring things right now, uh, especially with what those two guys just did. So uh, as you look at the Yankees, I, I think Aaron Judge comes back. If you're Hal, I think you're – because, you know, Brian Cashman, the Yankees front office, whoever's there, they want Aaron Judge on their team. It becomes an ownership question and who's going to pay. I think Hal is conscious enough to know that if you don't sign Aaron Judge, you're not the Yankees anymore. And even if they pay him 325 mil, he can still make money off of that. Judge is the guy. He's the one that sells jerseys. He puts butts in seats. You're going to be good and covered on that. And look what's now happened with Harper. That contract sucked, right? Oh, wait. Everyone kind of loves that contract now. I think he makes 27 mil a year. If that. And I, I, I think by the end of it, let's be honest, 13-year contracts, it might not end well. Judges could <laughs> could be in the same boat. DJ LeMayhews is already getting towards that boat. Um, the, but The, like, value isn't great on a per-year basis, but it's also not destroying anything. You're paying for now. You know? And by, with the way contracts keep going up, by the end of it, uh, I don't think you get spurned as much as you used to by, with the pool holes and some of the other things. By, but, like, year two of Stanton, especially with the money the Marlins kick in, like, his contract is already like, oh, well, on a per-year rate, he doesn't get paid, you know, and that bad. It's not, like, affecting anything. Yeah. Like, on the books for 22 a year the whole way. It's not where we're at already. That's not too bad. By the end of that, it's probably going to look just good. You never really know. I mean, in injury bug know. strikes. But if he's we, straight up not playing or bad, right. yeah. But. I mean, Stanton's an interesting case of things and stuff because when he's out there, it, it still feels really good. Um, and it and, limits what the Yankees can do a little bit. And that's, it, either way, the, the whole point of the money and whether it's Hicks, Donaldson, uh, you know, you're paying other guys that I think the Yankees need to, where they're going to spend big money, or if you're spending money, spend it big. That's your advantage. You're the Yankees. You know, some of these tweener contracts that they tried to eke out, whether Hicks or Severino, um, they kind of didn't. Um, now, they, they deserve some more credit on Rizzo. Rizzo was great this year, and I do think he's going to come back. Uh, they need lefties. They need a first baseman still, although DJ, as he gets older, I think he got one or two more years of DJ being able to play some second and third which the Yankees could still use, especially if they move on from Glaber or something like that, uh, which seems in the works. You've got the young shortstops. He has some value. Left field, you can get upgrades there, whether it's Benny coming back because you need a lefty bat. I was I was more surprised at myself at how in they would be on him. Um, or, you know, can that's where they can make a real, real impact move. It's not like there's a lot of big lefty hitting third baseman you can bring in. Like, that's... 
That's kind of not how this works. You can find yourself a left fielder, um, whether in free agency, Benintendi or Nimmo is the one that's getting interesting. You move him off center field. It's a big left field. He gets on base. He set the tone for the Mets. What's that contract look like? I don't know. He's a guy that could probably have a bigger impact than Benny. Benny, you're probably doing less of a contract. Um, and he could be what you need, defense and a, a lefty contact stick, whether at the top or bottom of the lineup. Left field, it feels like you can make an impact move there. Um, you got to call up the kids. And uh, I think you can make one more rotation move. They traded for Montas, who Cole, Nestor, Sevi, Montas. If you add a... a a starter that can jump one or two of those guys, that's a really good rotation. That's probably the best five you've had in a while. I'm skeptical the Yankees will do that. Uh, I think they'd... With the other spots that that need upgrades. Between Herman and Schmidt and, you know, a lot of that, I, I think they end up there. At um, the same time, you, you've been saying on Talking Yanks for a couple of years now, you could come into the year you want... Coming to spring training, you want like seven dudes. You'd love that. You're comfortable in the rotation day one. Maybe Clark's in that group. Clark Schmidt as a a six or seven starter is incredible. Clark Schmidt as a five is a little nervous, and that's that's just being honest. So the Yankees have a a lot of questions. I I think lineup-wise, let the kids play. I, I mean, if Rizzo walks or goes somewhere else somehow, you try to upgrade at first base, but Rizzo was nice this year. Um, and you have DJ as maybe a, a backup first base option to get him a little more rest if the back becomes a thing, and you should have kids that are able to play the infield. Um, that really left field is kind of your upgrade spot. That's, and That's a spot that like can change the team. Honestly, I want to give my guy Fuzzy a shout-out. Uh, he said uh, the difference between... Um, who was it? The Yankees and the Phillies doesn't seem that significant to him. Like, the Phillies brought in Dombrowski. This is Fuzzy's tweet. I find the Yankees and Phillies similar. Lean into homers, elite one-two starting pitcher duo, made moves at the deadline. The Phillies front office wasn't afraid to be wrong. They cut Didi and Odubel Herrera and let young guys flourish. Ryan Cashman feels like the opposite. There's that graphic going around. The Yankees... The Yankees' like entire front office is people that have been there for a long time. Who knows the first job they got into and things like that and climbing the ladder, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's Houston's front office, which is a lot of new people. I, I mean, the, the list is, you know, five out of the six are since 2019. Um, the Yankees definitely need some fresh blood and they need better just decision-making, like if you're going to believe in something, you got to do it instead of kind of being wishy-washy with the lineup or who gets a vote on what given day, and that depends your starting shortstop at a playoff game. Holy smokes, you gotten too far away. you gotten too far off the map. Um, and yeah, I do think they need to be able to cut and run earlier from situations like Hicks and Donaldson. And I, I mean, IKF's a whole nother story, but Domingo Herman still being on this team. It felt like they moved mountains to have Domingo Herman be a part of this season, only to not use him in the playoffs until, like, the ship was sunk. So I don't need that guy around. They've got money coming off the books. Chapman, Britton, uh, if you can somehow dump uh, Donaldson and Hicks somewhere. Uh, Jameson Tyone is a free agent. The Yankees will be back. They will retool. I hope there's a, a sneaky move that I'm 
that that's out of sight, out of mind for me right now. And again, that would probably be left field or first base or the shortstop smoke screen. Do they end up trading one of the shortstop prospects to get an impact piece somewhere? And then could you also sign a shortstop? Because shortstops are free agents again. Dan's Bay, Trey Turner, there's guys out there. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, the Yankee season is done. They get swept by the Astros, the team that they knew was going to be there at the end. It's as bad as it gets. Um, for the San Diego Padres, they end up putting up a hell of a run. Uh, I think if they got this series back to San Diego, they had a really good chance to win it. They did not. Um, the, the Phillies handled their business. Their lineup is clicking. Dombrowski is a guy I've been tough on. Uh, and man, kudos to him. Uh, you know, we were, we were laughing on talking baseball a little bit. The year the DH is added is huge for them. Bryce Hoppe, um, you know, literally hurt his arm and couldn't play the outfield, but he got to DH a lot this year. And then, uh, you know, they were the sixth seed in the new playoff format. So, uh, in previous years, they would have been without a seat at the table and they wouldn't have been able to use one of their best players all year, which for an 87 win team. What would that have done? If Bryce Harper was like out for the year, are they a 83-win team? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And most importantly, it doesn't matter. Hmm. Uh, their lineup is clicking and horrifying. It is their advantage over kind of every team. With Schwarber, Hoskins, Real Muto, Harper, Castellanos, uh, Bohm, Stott, Segura. I'll leave Brandon Marsh out of it. Sorry, Brandon Marsh, although he had a big three-run homer. Um, their lineup can outline up you. Even the mighty Houston Astros, um, don't get me wrong, they can line up with you, and their pitching is better, and I think their depth is better. Um, it's going to set up, it's setting up for a good pitching versus hitting World Series, the dominant Astros versus the upstart Phillies. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of Phillies fans. Uh, San Diego, really interested to see. I, I think they are still in their window. They're going to get Tatis back next year. I mean, how could they have used him this series, man? I mean, their leadoff spot was like a rotating door between Kim and Profar. I think Profar is a free agent. He might get the bag somewhere. Um, you know, their season traveled a long, windy road between, uh, you know, Hosmer at first base and stuff like that. Uh, they... They are going to make some moves in free agency and be back at it. They, they've got a lot of their pitching staff and lineup coming back, and if that Tatis can come back and, you know, kind of be humbled and go, uh, they'll be a problem. They'll be a problem. So, uh, you know, obviously not what Padres fans want to hear, definitely not what Yankee fans want to hear. Um, both those teams are going to retool and be in good spots. Uh, the Yankees, it's to what degree. And Padres, I was actually more excited than I thought when I opened it up, but that's because they have Machado, Soto, and Tatis next year. Never mind Cronenworth and whatever they add. And, um, you know, their pitching staff, they've got some money coming off the books that they're going to be able to make some strategic moves and be a really good team again and have postseason experience now and, and be able to be scary. So that's kind of the baseball around the horn for now. Uh, I think Wednesday we'll end up deep diving World Series. Maybe... Um, Maybe we'll bring a friend on for that. Got a little more free time now to reach out to friends now that the Yankees are eliminated. Let's talk some NFL football from this weekend and catch up together per usual. We cron 
pot it. And Thursday night, Cardinal Saints. Eee? Yeah. Um, Cardinals get Hopkins back. They went up big in this game. They have a 25-point second quarter. Hello. Um, and they beat the Saints in a shootout. And, and when they have Hopkins, they go. Um, there's some crazy stats that for a wide receiver, he goes 10 for 103, first game back. You know, Benjamin had a huge game on the ground. Kyler does enough. His stats aren't flashy, but they put up a 42 spot at home against New Orleans. They're three and four. Again, New Orleans, Andy Dalton, all the stuff I told you guys, like, you know, think back to three or four years ago, Andy Dalton was kind of in punchline territory. He's, he's getting a lot of snaps and he's throwing 47 times. It's not the formula. You good, want. good for him, but happy for him. Looks good. There was a viral gif of him from pick six. Um, Some cool the guy, images. Guy dives in the end zone as he gives a frustrated look. Over that's tough. Shoulder. That's tough when that's your highlight. Um, let's go into Sunday. And by the way, I do think if we we're ranking NFL weekends, which I, I think maybe that'll be a fun game. Um, I I don't think it's a high one. Uh, I, there wasn't too much chaos. I know the, the team that I saw opening up a lot of football shows was BBD's Giants that were in that early slate because they go to 6-1. and one, They get another one-score victory. They hold up at the end, literally, uh, a throw to the one-yard line, uh, and they make the play. The Jaguars being favored against them was ridiculous. Not from a skill and home field standpoint, because it's not like they can't win. But. It's close, but you tell a five and one upstart pissy team that nobody believes in that even though you're five and one, you're playing a two and four team, and they're the favorites. No, man. I mean, motivation. It's a funny, funny thing. Uh, maybe it's tied to why those Astros are so pissy and so goddamn good. Um, the Giants go to 6-1. and one. Uh, Danny Dimes, another pretty clean sheet. 19 of 30, one touchdown, no interceptions. 107 yards on the ground. Yo, mm. Danny Dimes, 9.7 yards a carry. Saquon gets 110 on the ground. The Giants' rushing attack continues to be basically the best in football. Um, and, man, the guys he is throwing to. Darius Slayton had a nice touchdown catch. Uh Wandale, Wandale Robinson kind of showed out. He's taking some steps in this game to become, I don't know, I think he could become a real like, option. like a nice slot, like get the guy the ball in his hands type of guy. Um, but still, I mean, Miriak, Sills, Brita, Bellinger, Richie James, nice clip of uh, Daniel Jones yelling at Marcus Johnson, catch the ball. Yeah. Um, hey, they're 6-1. and one. When you get the win... You can just say, eh, I shouldn't have done that, and it's all right. Hey, you're you're becoming the boss QB, man. Uh, tell them. I think this week, I believe the number was five drops by the receivers. Like, Jones is doing his job. Like, since the, the winning streak started, yeah. his first few weeks, uh, it didn't look good. But hey, I've, the winning streak, the numbers look all right. And uh, I think compared to yeah. the normal pulse of Daniel Jones' people – Whatever the average consensus is, I've been a little above that. And I think it's a little bit of talking Giants propaganda. I've seen mm. Bobby and Justin fight for them. But I do know, obviously, they're fans and they're rooting for the quarterback they've drafted. But 
they have their pulse pretty close to it. Um, that they've believed in Daniel Jones enough from some of the deep ball stuff to his athleticism that, I don't know, man. I mean, looking at what he's doing right now with Dayball and, man, I mean, I don't think they have a number one or a number two receiver. And do they have a number one tight end? I know Bellinger had a week last week, but uh, Saquon looks great. They have a plan to run and attack and finish off games and for now, that is more than enough. They are 6-1. and one. And the Jaguars, what looked like there was going to be some hope and optimism this season, kind of things falling apart. 2-5. and five. Um, It's, uh, I, I don't know. You still have hope in Lawrence, but it's not looking like the year. falcons Bengals. I, I told you guys the, the Falcons play style and how fun it is, but I'm still, I'm buying more Bengals stock. This week, it's too late to buy Bengals stock. They put up 35 uh, all in the first three quarters, 28 at the half, 28. Um, the Falcons have a big second quarter fight in this game, which, again, that's, that's kind of what they do, but it, it just wasn't enough, and they're outmatched, and they are, you know, they're a running team that can probably go toe-to-toe with the Giants, but if, if they go down, especially to the Bengals and Jamar Chase, um, he's back to being that dude that dude, uh, 8 for 130. Tyler Boyd, 8 for 155 as well. Burrow threw for 481. And Mariota threw for 124. So it's when the league's gone this far passing wide and pass happy, it's just a tough team to keep up with. And I, I think the Bengals are going to start to go. They're Like I said, they took preseason off, basically. It looks like things are starting to fully click for them. Browns next week. Panthers, Steelers, we could be talking about a 7-3 and three Bengals team in a couple weeks. Um, don't be surprised if that happens. Lions-Cowboys, I mean, sheesh, just talk about good juju and bad juju, the play in this game. Uh, Lions tight end, uh, nice little tight end screen. He's running towards the end zone. Uh, it wasn't Hawkinson, it was the other one. Kennedy or Wright? Um, either way, looks like a beautiful play. He's going for the pylon. Looks like he even got it live time. They debated calling the touchdowns. Micah Parsons, I think the best defensive player in football, hunts him down, makes an incredible play to get there. Uh, and it was one of those things like, are they going to review it or are the Lions going to take a chance? Instead, they do the speed hurry up to the line to try to pull a fast one. Fumble, turnover, that basically ended the game. Um, and almost every time I've seen a team try to do that, it's backfired. Um, it, it's back. It's almost like the defense knows they might have gotten away with one and they play with house money, where the offense looks like they're playing nervous because they think they might have had a touchdown and now they're rushing to try to get like a makeup touchdown. Just feels like that formula doesn't work. Lions are in the bad place, one and five. Cowboys, this was Dak's return. It's okay. I mean, the, they let the Lions hang with them for too long. They won. Dak gets his feet wet. The stat line looks fine. 24-6. The 5-2 and two Dallas Cowboys. Um, and, thank God, you talk about plays that matter a lot more than that. I mean, Parsons in that play kind of saves and changes the game. But if Dak and the Cowboys lost, what do you think every show would be open up with today? Um, I mean, it would be a slaughter. They end up doing their handling their business. 
Speaking of, the Tennessee Titans are 4-2. They are in a four-game win streak. Um, and they are running their division yet again. Uh, they take down the Colts. They win 19-10. They were my jam uh, pick lock of the week this week because it was minus 2.5, and, and I think the Titans are a good team, and quite frankly, the Colts are a bad team. Um, you know, I, I think the Colts 3-3-1, three, three and one, if they weren't in the same division as Jacksonville and Houston... I don't think they'd be there. Uh, so Tennessee is four and two. Uh, they do have a uh, a negative points for points against, um, which you know football. I'm not sure where that stands. Jacksonville actually the only team in that division that has a positive. Um, but I I like the Titans. Know who they are. It's Derrick Henry. You know set up Dan Tannehill to make one or two plays and a play action pass or downfield. Um, against the Colts, they don't even need it. They play the Texans next week. I expect them to handle their, their work there. I see Broncos on their schedule. Jags, Texans, Jags again. Uh, Titans run that division. Um, Colts, Colts are an awful watch. Awful watch. I mean, Matt Ryan looks like he's throwing up prayers almost every time. Speaking of... The Commanders and Taylor Heineke take down Rodgers and the Packers, 23-21. to 21. Uh, The Packers, it's time to stop, and I'm sorry because I feel like I was part of it. They got back to 3-1. and one. Remember they survived that Patriots game overtime in Lambeau? I think that was the first zappy game, and it was like, all right. You know, whoa, Belichick and the boys, they almost stole one at Lambeau, but they're 3-1, and one. Rodgers and LaFleur. The game before that was Buccaneers 14-12 to in Tampa. Now knowing what we know about the Bucs and the Packers, you. They've lost to the Giants and Danny Dimes, who are rolling. The Jets and Zach Wilson, who are rolling. And then the Commanders and Heineke. I mean, sheesh. Sheesh. They have the same record. The Commanders are now 3-4. and four. The Packers are three and four. Commanders, I'll tell you what, Heineke genuinely is a great watch. My God, talk about electric football, the highs and lows. Um, the Packers, I don't know what to do with you. Uh, I, I was just doing kind of the, yeah, they're good. You know, they're Rodgers. They'll get hot. They're playing Washington. That's out the window. Uh, like, let me know when the Packers are seven and five or something like that, and their defense is rolling, and they run the ball, and Rodgers is going to work. But right now, uh, they're out. They're out the club. Same thing with the Bucks, who uh, that's, that's probably what's opening every show today is about the old men quarterbacks kind of dying. Brady and the Bucks lose to the Panthers 21-3. to Ew. Ew. P.J. Walker. This is their first game without McCaffrey. It's my guy, uh, Deontay Foreman, who I actually love whenever he gets... 18 carries, it feels like he rushes for 100 yards. He had 15 and 118 in this game. P.J. Walker, two touchdowns, no picks. They had The Bucks had a wide-open touchdown to start this game to Mike Evans. Mike Evans bobbled it and couldn't haul it in. And it felt like after that, the Bucks were just staring at each other like, why aren't we, why isn't this easy? Like, this should be easy, and it's not. Um, I mean, Brady, no touchdowns. The Bucks, no touchdowns. Um, 
you know, we heard some whispers before the season that this team might be falling apart, but you don't believe it because of Brady. And now, I mean, they have lost back-to-back weeks to the 2-5 and five Panthers, who fired their coach, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who ain't going to fire their coach, but outside of their coach, they could be the worst team in football. What? Tampa? So, yeah, I mean, them, them in the... Them and the Packers, the Bucks and the Panthers. I'm ignoring Rodgers and Brady for the next three, four weeks. If they reappear on the scene and things look good, cool, and I'll buy into football and it took a while to click or, oh, they got this guy back, so that mattered. There's a big locker room fight. They're out the club right now. I mean, those teams are ugly. They've, those teams have just lost to who everyone expected to be the worst teams in football this year. Like consecutive weeks for both teams. So I'm I'm just out. I'm just out. Um let's see, what else happened in the early slate? Um, I think we're getting towards the later slate now. Uh Seahawks Chargers. Well, let's do Jets Broncos. If you're surprised, you ain't been watching. Uh, even my guy Brees Hall gets hurt, and that's sad because he's been disgusting. Before he gets hurt, four carries for 72 yards and a touchdown. Uh, big loss there, and I know Jets Twitter is talking about getting getting themselves another running back, uh, which is fairly doable in the NFL these days, so we'll see if anything happens there. Uh, Russ, Danger Russ, didn't even play in this game. Ripian gets the start, which I won't do... Sh- too much shots fired at a backup, but he's not a guy that hmm. inspires too much of the, like, all right, now we go. Um, 24-46. The Jets beat the Broncos in mile high. The Broncos uh, put up nine points. Nine points. They uh, This is their scoring this year, 16-16-11. 23 and a loss. 9, 16, and 9. Um, they just cannot compete. Coach, quarterback, feel broken. It's incredible that they have two wins almost, and at the same time, they should have like five. Uh, so I early on, and I, I don't want to do... I'm not kind of the fandom like I saw it first, because I don't think... It, I think people saw the signs and assumed the smoke would go away. It felt so bad, like, halfway into week two. Um, in game one, Russ in Seattle, his former team. What? They should have won that game, and they blew it. And they might have blown their next, like, three to four years. Broncos are screwed, making me question a lot of things. Ravens-Browns. Ravens hold on, and they almost didn't. Uh, Again, they had the lead. Justice Hill fumbles, and they give it back to the Browns. Uh, The Brissette show uh, is very much the Brissette show. Um, And the Browns still have some high-end talent that's badass. Nick Chubb is awesome to watch. Uh, Mark Cooper had one big catch in this game. That was fun. Miles Garrett on the defensive side. Browns are 2-5. and At this point, they're waiting for Deshaun, and maybe that's even better. Like, if Deshaun came back and the Browns were in the middle of a playoff run, that would be, like, craziness and, you know, 
people would be all over that. Maybe it's best he comes back and everyone can kind of be mad at it, but it's the Browns and it's under the rug and maybe they're set up for next year. But, uh, I mean, that team season is over. Ravens finally hold on to a win. Maybe that gives them the belief that they can hold on to wins, but they also did everything to blow it again, that it's got to be got to be scary there, um, that at the end of the games, their, their confidence level is just shot. Texans, Raiders, Raiders blow out the Texans. Uh, Raiders might be the best, uh, the best bad team. They're two and four. Remember, they gave the Chiefs a game. They gave the Titans a game. Uh, one score losses to Char- Chargers and Cardinals early on. They have Saints, Jaguars, Colts coming up. Uh, three games, if they could win all three, they're going to be four and five or five and four in a little bit, which means you're back in the mix. Um, Oh, and then they play my Broncos after. So, yeah, they will be, at at worst case, 5-5 and come week 10. There's a little Raiders update for you. Maybe a little DraftKings sprinkle on them making the playoffs or something like that. Um, Seahawks, Chargers, I started talking about that. Look at these Seahawks, man. I I know we don't want to believe in it because of the names. Uh, Geno Smith. Has been balling. Kenneth Walker the third. How's your 23 for 168 and two touchdowns? Marquise Goodwin with two touchdowns through the air. Uh, Austin Eckler had a big day at the office. Uh, 12 catches. PPR. Um, Herbert and the Chargers. I don't know. They're they're kind of broken, right? Like they remember they played the Broncos last week, that overtime thriller. Like, they could have easily lost that game. They were doing everything they could to lose that game, but luckily they were playing the Broncos. Their wins are against the... Their last three wins are Broncos, Browns, Texans. I love Herbert. I think he's still hurt. He hasn't looked great. Um, They have the Falcons coming up at Atlanta. You're going cross-country, 1 o'clock start. Uh Uh-oh. The Niners, will they be healthier in a couple weeks? And the Chiefs... Sometimes, whether it's ownership or front office or whatever it is, bad luck. The Chargers are the Chargers. When has that story changed? Like that one fifteen win Phil Rivers year or whatever it was. Outside of that, the Chargers have just been the Chargers. It's it. You want to like it so much more, but you can't. They still have some injuries, but there's the Seahawks. You were hosting them. And maybe we need to treat the Seahawks like a little differently than we do, because clearly whatever they had up there was helping Russ. Both those teams are four and three. Seahawks out of the woodwork. Chiefs roll on the Niners. They have a massive second half. They put up 30 points, uh, and the Niners could not keep up with them. Mahomes, how's his stat line? 423 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Pacheco gets the start. A lot of people I respect really like him. Uh, Very physical, intense run style. Um, Chiefs end up not running the ball that much at all, but more important in fantasy. Juju with a big game. MVS with a big game. Kelsey always. Um, Yeah, Niners, uh, I think, A, Chiefs are really good. Niners still trying to get healthy. Um, Niners, I feel like they have these slow starts, three and four, and then they find their window. Let me check out their upcoming schedule a little bit just because see if we're buying Niner stock or not. Rams, uh, well, they're the Rams bugaboo, so that's not an awful matchup. Chargers, eh, Cardinals, eh. 
And then there's Saint Dolphins Bucks. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they they match up kind of evenly with a lot of those teams. Um, man, they own the Rams though, so that's they're probably going to feel pretty good heading in there. And then your finale, Dolphins Steelers. Tua comes back. Um, I mean, sixteen to ten. Yee, uh, Kenny Pickett. One touchdown, three interceptions as he's starting to figure it out. The completion percentage was pretty high, uh, but those three interceptions, especially the one at the end of the game, that'll do you in. Um, Pittsburgh are 2-5, and five and they're scraping and clawing with everything they got. It's like a good 2-5 and five for them. Uh, well, the Dolphins, 4-3, and three, they got two back. They're back in the win column. Um, they have Lions, Bears, Browns, Texans coming up, so... Get your Dolphin stock back on. Holy smokes. Lions, Bears, Browns, Texans. Sheesh. Uh, and that's pretty much what happened in the football. We got Bears, Patriots tonight. Patriots are an eight-point favorite. Yikes. Um, and I think that's right, unfortunately. Um, you got anything, Beebs? Go G-Men. Go G-Men. Happy New York football. How about Both teams. it? teams. Fun. Uh, and comment of the day from last episode to wrap it up. Nate Steele, nothing will ever hit harder than that Wake and Jake theme song on one and a half speed. Nothing. Love that. Remember where you're from. All right, guys, watch everything on John Boy Media. We did blitz ball and disc golf with some pro disc golf guys. Um, talking Giants, great time to be there. Talking Yanks and Pinstripe Strong, not as much. Talking baseball, we're going to have you covered through the World Series. Rose Rotation, any idea? I forget. I don't know. But they're see. always doing something good. Let's see. We like Rob Scirocco. Stephen Brault was on Friday. Also got the his football show. Yeah. Try that. Everything on John Boy Media. Some corn maze stuff. What? What? Go check it out. Wait, what? Fake the algorithm. Why not? Why not?